is Joey Malinsky. Did I pronounce that correct? Correct. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Joey. You're a filmmaker and and uh, editor and and uh, media professional in Baltimore area. I take it, right? Correct. Yeah, out of Hamden, North Baltimore. Hamden. Um, yeah, been here about six years now. Oh, okay. six years under my company, but been in the city for about ten. Okay, so uh, how about uh, start off? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what you've been up to lately. Yeah, so I run a small video production company called ATV Productions. We specialize in nonprofit as well as comedy. Um, we do web series, we do music videos, uh, we do corporate, and we do brand brand films. So basically, video production. I came from New York where I worked in like high end commercials in the on the production side and learned that those were like you know fifteen million dollar commercials. Then when you come to Maryland, um, that's not quite a market. Mm-hmm. at all it doesn't exist so then you start like what can you do oh i used to be doing working for with 12 million what can you do for twelve thousand? and it's like <laughs> okay and now i understand what we're doing over here but i like it um i'm from maryland so i love maryland and just video production in general what i've been doing recently is a whole bunch of like comedy videos so okay all right so um we we offline we were discussing how we we linked up with each other and so i'm gonna be honest with you Ever since the COVID, me and a, me and a couple of colleagues decided to put together this, uh, you know, podcast, mm-hmm. and I just went ham on like searching filmmakers, freelancers, and I just spammed the hell out of everybody. And you know, sure. some people some people are open minded and they'll, and they'll reach they'll they'll reply back and and mm-hmm. uh, but um, but I know I auditioned for you at some point or. Or, and yeah. that might and that might have been it because I'll be honest with you, I've just been like tacking so many attacking yeah, I mean, so many people. Let me re- let me spitball back what I remember and see if it links up with you. Maybe you're not even that person, but this is what I remember. It's like you were early. I was doing some auditions because I do castings all the time, and um, I remember I liked your read, but you weren't coming from a background of actually acting necessarily. You were getting into it, and you had a military background to some some set so i was like dude i like this i think we had a conversation offline not about that not even about the audition but like basically saying like hey i think what you got going on is some truth which i always try to look for actor i don't think you're 100 right for this role Mm -hmm. but whatever you're doing man keep doing it kind of deal like i always like find people that are that are working towards their truth whatever that be and i could see it in that that aspect of it so that's why i remember but i didn't remember that until i got on (laughs) got on the on the horn here Yeah. yeah 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 no i I, I, I remember, because I do remember auditioning, and I recognized you from something that I had worked on or auditioned from, and especially, I, I think, you know, just about every, all of us in the Baltimore, Maryland, DMV area, we've all, like, crossed paths, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah, so, but, um, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, there's been a lot of that, where I, I, if it was, like, five years ago, then, yeah, I was definitely starting out and i think my first five or six gigs was you know officer something detective something mm-hmm. and then i started like branching out a little bit more than that but uh yeah like i know what it was for now it was for casting i, I was casting a truck driver for a get move over psa and i needed some authentic look for that that's exactly what it was and I, it's a, I, it was a good role got a half a million views so but yeah it was um yeah, that's, yeah. i now remember it now yeah 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 i, I remember that now vaguely but it's just been like so many auditions so many uh you know skype auditions and 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 what's even great is that even before the quarantine you know there was all the the video submits and the skype auditions and the zoom auditions and mm-hmm. google kind of how we've been doing it it's easier yeah. it's cheaper 
It's definitely cheaper. Even and before the quarantine. Yeah, and, and even in, in this time, because what happens is, unfortunately, Baltimore is not like New York where, you know, we, we have good casting directors that are going to line up 30 client, thirty actors that are going to be, 20 of them are going to be great and pretty good, and then 10 of them are like, okay. But here you got you have like 15 people might be insane. They might be like lunatics, and you're like, I don't even, I'm just wasting my time. You know what I'm saying? So not to say that, that everybody around here is lunatics, but I'm just saying the talent. Most of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we put the diving board on the shallow end, if that makes sense. Exactly, dude. I mean, sometimes you have to. Yeah. But um, how how, how have you been impacted, you know, right now by the uh, you know in the last six months? Yeah, I mean, state? once the once it started getting real, we did a. No, I'm not gonna talk about that. But once it started getting real, we um, we shut down, dude. Like we literally like from March to the end of May, maybe early June. Like I had to let people go. We just you know. There was no work at all, not a single thing. Um, I did some editing from clients that I already had that was like, oh, I need to re-edit this. And we were trying to come up with ways to continue going, uh, but basically nothing. So that's when I started going insane and started making TikToks like every day, which is why I, what I love what I'm doing now. But um, but now we're um, back up and running and it seems like we're faking like it's not around to the point where, like not in terms of production, but in terms of like, let's be optimistic and let's try to kick these projects back off. Let's start doing more projects. And like my company is, we got to hire back two people and we um, are now doing well enough for the moment, but we don't know what the future holds. Obviously it could be, we could, we're acting like with that second wave is not going to hit that we are, you know, it's not going to get completely shut down again. Yeah. But at this point I'm not, I'm come to peace with it. You know, my employees know what the situation is. So it's not like if they, they could, they'll see the, they'll see the, you know, whatever the signals coming and it won't be, you know, everybody, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard time. As far as making the change in production, the production's junk now, you know what I'm saying? We're doing zooms, cutting in between zooms and, you know, and doing remote interviews and found footage and all those kind of edits. And that's fine. And Danny and people are making commercials. We're learning how to work with it. We're, you know, as it goes, people are more comfortable with what they can do, but still people are still hesitant about a crew. Real production takes many people many people is not an option so we are even in our ideas we're not even presented being crews right now just because it doesn't like i'm not at that yeah um you know i lost uh you know a lot of gigs and that's why i started you know doing this podcast but you know luckily for me i was i I was well i'm well versed like live streaming and and -hmm. virtual conferences a lot of the industrial corporate kind of world is is uh you know shifting shifting that way now and but i think in the long run a lot of these organizations are going to realize that all the same contents out there and all the same experts are joining in and a lot of people are still having fun virtually and they're going to look at that budget what what was that budget two years ago at you know the marriott in downtown dc and then what was the budget just people from home on zoom and but everything else was exactly the same Mm-hmm. I think I think you know down the line it's going to kind of be a, of a hybrid maybe. I 100%. just I just did my first hybrid conference live stream conference last week where there was a bunch of people on location. Originally this event I'm, I think was set to be in Nashville, mm-hmm. but everybody's working remotely except for maybe four people were at that hotel in Nashville. They were on stage with the mics, the whole set um, at the podium, mm-hmm. and they were but they were also talking. It was like but all that also that tele that tele network was set up to where they were talking talking to people on Zoom. Oh yeah, yeah. How cool is that that we can do that? Yeah. 
I mean, I remember one time I worked on a like um, after the hurricane that hit Haiti, mm-hmm. I worked on this this We Are the World type project with Mariah Carey was the singer and it was for like Everybody Hurts. And the director virtually directed the gig from his apartment using Skype. And that was like yeah. eight years ago, you know, or 10 yeah. years ago. It might have even been whenever that was, wherever the Haiti hurricane was. So it's like, mm-hmm. I could see, you could see it coming and it just call and people are used to it now. I think the adaptation of people using this technology was so nobody wanted to do it. Nobody, nobody wants to see their face on camera, especially in the morning, you know, especially, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody wanted it, but now we're getting so used to it that it's like, get over that. And then the, and now that they see like we works, I don't know, do I need a building? Do I need a building? You know what I'm saying? Do I need people to be working at the same spot if we get the same amount of work done? Yeah. Yeah. And, and before I was always trying to reach out and like set up a, set up a situation where I could remote edit and then do voiceover work. And cause I knew me and the wife wanted to have kids and, and I was always kind of always hindsight was how can I work from home and be, and be with the kids and be with the family, spend mm-hmm. more time here and be able to have like this backup and you know, you know, and you know that the classic story that, you know, filmmakers with a backup or actors with a backup, they're always going to fall back on that backup. Yeah, 100%. And I always wanted my fallback. I always wanted my backup to still remain within the realm of film, TV, audio, video, sure. broadcasting of some sort and, and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at too. I agree with that. I, I tried working from home, but I just didn't like it. You know, right. I didn't like the, I need, I need, I'm like a person that I can't write in the same spot. I do the edit. I have to like, I'll have to be, you know, I have these patterns that I have to do in order to get progress done. So that didn't work out for me, but I definitely love the idea of a bit, a nice house, a driveway that, and then a big studio office garage type yeah. thing that I just, you know, it's completely separate, but enough close that I'm, I'm there always, but I'm mm-hmm. not there always. Yeah, no, I definitely need like my escapes and like getting out and ex- exploring and because obviously it's it's those times where it's if you're driving around or if it's nature, those are that's what's giving your ideas for this project or or that idea or this content and so you now you're stuck in a basement it's just going to be like all basement films <laughs> yeah. all like torture like like uh like gimp pulp fiction 3 and 4 and 5 with the gimp just whatever You're into that dude, uh, you know. <laughs> I know a good art department guy. <laughs> so, well, I mean, personally, how, how do you say you've been impacted? I mean, how has that affected you or the family? Yeah, I think it comes down to my family's been great. The unit's been great. The, for the, to me, it's like we cut out all the bull crap, right? Like once you're in a pandemic and you have to evaluate your life priorities, you evaluate your life priorities. And the ones that stand come to the surface are the ones you should be concentrating on. And I've made so much video for other people and I've done so much work. For, I got into this video, into this thing because I loved being goofy on camera. And then I was like, I needed friends to help me, help me out. I was like, oh, I really like editing. But I wish, and I had a, had a good friend that was a shoot, would shoot stuff. So it's like, but then eventually I had to shoot my own stuff. And to me, it came down to like, so I got proficient at the craft of filmmaking, but ultimately I wanted to tell stories and be goofy on camera. So that's what I'm doing now. And I'm just cutting out everybody else and just doing it myself because I have to, but also, you know, quarantine, you were forced to. Mm-hmm. So like it made me create, I create multiple videos a day. I probably made 60, you know, original content pieces, you know, in this quarantine, uh, including music videos, but also like just tons of written content improv and i mean like acting i do act, i know improv but acting challenges and stuff so it's like you know i'm very much enjoying that's what and so i learned that that's what makes me happy 
as well. Like I, I love editing always. And I love supporting my family to where they get as many opportunities as they can, can. So I love doing the job of video production for a living, but I look at it as a trade. I'm a tradesman in video and you know, my love is being stupid on camera. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. So have you, have you been binge watching? Has there anything that you've been binge watched that's like helped you escape just, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I, I, I kind of shut TV off because it wasn't giving me anything good. That was, I mean, I watched Ozarks. I love that. But um, Palm Springs was a movie I just watched that I was like, that's what I want to make again. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's um, yeah. Andy Samberg. Yeah, I loved it. To me, it was like, I'm a, like, it's a rom-com for guys. And I was like, with like a, with humor and like, it's, you know, that's what I want to make. And uh, seeing that get produced for like, you could make that movie for relatively cheap budgets. I don't know what they made it for. They could hope, hopefully they got a great budget and they all got them eat well, but, and I'm sure they did, but like, you could also make that. It wasn't no, no trickery. It wasn't nothing. Right. It was just good filmmaking. And I think that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. There was, so a, that was I mean, inspirational. Yeah. There was enough CGI in that to like add that sci-fi effect to it, but there, but I mean, when it comes to like the writing and the dialogue and that, I think they, I think they kind of like uh, delved into what maybe Groundhog didn't, mm -hmm. or, or maybe Groundhog, maybe maybe Groundhog Day did. It but, did, yeah. But it's just you know, they, it's not like we had to reinvent the wheel every time. But like they reinvented a really cool wheel. Right, right. And and there was that line where, and, and spoil and and you know, spoiler alert with Palm Springs and all. But there was that line where he forgot what he did for a living yeah like deep. how long has he been stuck in this loop yeah, that was good that felt, yeah yeah you felt real bad it was just like little little simple things like that that you know someone might it might click in someone's brain like holy shit this guy's been stuck in this loop for how long he forgot what he did he forgot what his job was you know yeah and i thought that was no wasted no wasted scene, no wasted dialogue, no wasted moment. Where mm -hmm. like counterbalance it to something that of one of my filmmakers that I love, but I thought the movie was very poor recently. Not very poor, but poor. Was uh, the King of Staten Island? I thought that was a waste. I thought I thought. Um, did you see that with uh, no. with Judd Apatow and Pete, Pete Davidson? I love Judd Apatow, but this was like it was like. I don't that's, know. That's the, that's uh, that's about the kid that wants to be a tattoo artist or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And it just was like. I have high respect for Judd Apatow. I just thought that one was like so much more loose and so much more sloppy and so much more less care to the craft. When I, and I, I've always thought Sandberg was like top of the game and somebody close to my age group. Obviously he's been killing it forever in videos styling that I would love to be able to do. And I figure he, I think he's one of the best and to, for him to do that video movie, you know, obviously it was, you know, director and the whole team, but like, um, I thought that was really good. It's cool to see. Yeah, I've, I've been glued to mostly like 80s stuff, like watching old, re we rewatching old stuff that I watched on like Tubi and Hulu or, mm -hmm. or just finding just finding like some rare 80s stuff on, on these free streaming platforms. That what do you got? Give me a good one. Cutthroat. Ah, oh, jeez. I wish I, I <laughs> are you are you an 80s kid or a 90s kid? I was born in 83, so I would say I'm a 90s kid. All right, so I'm gonna. All right, so it's gonna take me a second to track this film down because it's got that it's got that weird looking dude from the original Hills Have Eyes. He was in Weird Science as the, one of the house raiders. Mm -hmm. He's got that oddly shaped. Yeah, head. he's got the face. Yeah, the head. Yeah. But it, it was like 
it was like it wasn't cutthroat island because that was uh that was that uh gina davis movie but it's it's about like this it's about like this cocaine cartel that's just killing other cocaine cartels and it it was this crazy and ah have you ever seen an officer and a gentleman Mm -hmm. so the blonde girl that dumped david keith and then he hung himself she she the the blonde the, the blonde lady that faked a pregnancy in that movie she's the star of this one and uh and so you know it's and and that's about as much star power as you have in it and not to mention i like that stuff yeah um, not well not to I mention star power especially when i when i have no idea what reference frame i'm in man i i, I don't it's gonna take me forever yeah no worries dude i was just Oh. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. and I totally forgot it. I just watched it, and I totally forgot the name of it. But um, it's just like one of those crazy. It looks like you know the writer and director is just like doing coke and just making like the craziest movie that's anti cocaine cartel. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, here. I, oh, cut and run. Cut and run is what it's what cut it's and what run. cut and run. It's uh, just let's uh, just I think this, I, yeah, that sounds awesome. It's all, also name. also known as Inferno, I guess, because it was probably one of those. Uh, Philippine Philippines uh, co-productions, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Back in the '80s, they would just shoot everything in the Philippines. Did you see the uh, uncut gems? Just because that was like that was great, bro. So, I saw their first movie, Good Time, with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen that too. And it's just like, stop doing what you're doing. No, the other one's doing it, dude. Just, just. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, like. Robert oh, the Pattinson's guy. character yeah, 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 is just yeah, like, yeah. dude, stop. stop. Yeah, yeah, just stop. stop. Just stop. Yeah, just that's screw up and screw up after screw up after screw up after screw up. But then the very last five minutes was just like, at least there was some good out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was, it, it was still like kind of a semi happy, if not just okay ending. And, and, it's okay and, ending, yeah, yeah. And after everything Robert Pattinson did, it was like almost emotional. Like at least there's some light at so the much. end of the tunnel for some characters. Yeah. Uncut Gems was just, there was no mercy. No, no nothing. mercy. That sound design that they did, they kept you, yeah. like they kept the monkey on your back the whole time. You're looking over your shoulder. You can't break any kind of tension. They never let you go. And then at the end, they'd go, and you're, you're, that moment you let your switch off, because they know exactly when you were going to let your switch off, didn't yeah. they? They were like, "You, oh, you let down your shield? Well, here we go. Punch you right in the face. And then boom. And then and, you're like, fuck. And then, but, it, but that's brilliant, dude. But, that's but, brilliant. but, but if you watch it again, because I, I rewound, and the, okay. and, that, and the guy that was sitting, when he locked up those guys in the, in the glass room, mm-hmm. he was sitting there, and you could just tell a look on his face. He's like, okay, just wait until you open Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, they definitely know what's up. He definitely knows what's up. Because those were pure, those were the, I mean, that's what, Adam Sandler was acting to be, you know, those, like he wasn't the real deal. And you could tell that. And it was so crazy. Those dinner table scenes, just really good filmmaking. Yeah. And Adam Sandler just really like let loose, really just experimented and like went outside his comfort zone. It was just, just the, the scummiest, yeah. scummiest scumbag. Yeah, and, and, and to make matters worse, like half the people he's got major, major beef with is like our people family. that are family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the uh, best. That's why it's the best. Because you know they have a position. He would have been long gone way before that if it wasn't. And you didn't yeah. even realize it till then. It's a really good laying out. I'm glad they that that style of make filmmaking is being done because like I'm stealing it. You know what I'm saying? There's no way. Like that the pace of that, the, the study cam work and then the speed and the and the freneticness and the long lens freneticness is like 
great. I mean, I already yeah. borrowed it in one of my shoots from like uh, the movie Warrior. They do like a long lens kind of similar, mm -hmm. not quite as much pace or nothing like that, but very, very much that long lens style. And I think that's uh, cool. And, and, and it's, it's funny you mentioned that long lens style. There was a shot of Adam Sandler walking down that one block. Like they just had him walk down an entire block oh, under, yeah, yeah. under, under the little construction hangings. Yeah. It was just, and you could tell by his walk, he's like, on, he's about to snap. He's about he's, to just completely yeah. have an aneurysm. And it's the first time you think you're going to get a break. Naturally, where in a movie you would get that, like when that part of that scene, because it's like we are established character, then they would like drop it back down and ramp it back up. But no, you just stay right there. And you're like, oh no, we're staying in this. This is not going to be good, you know, and then they just keep you going. And it's just every single person in this movie. And there's, there really is no like somebody that you can kind of say is the 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 positive aspect of this movie yeah where you're escaping yeah yeah like okay there's hope for this person like there isn't like there was people telling the girl at the casino there's yeah. his his ex-wife is just awful in her own way i mean not to say he doesn't deserve most of it but oh, yeah it, yeah but i mean the like son not getting it you think the son might get it already and then not until the car and you're like <gasps> And it, and it's, yeah, and his son's kind of a scumbag too. Like his son's a little oh, yeah. co little cocky jerk when it came to when it came to like sports. Well, sports, weren't they like yeah, both? Like, uh, they're, well, they're, they're both gambling on it, so he's using his son for a different reason. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's his father's son, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I I I've watched so much. I I watched. I can't. I can't even think of like the last the last movie. Me and the wife are watching Away. I'll tell you what I watched. So there's a show on Netflix called Away, and it's about a team of astronauts that are away from their families or their significant others or whoever it is they had to leave, you know, leave behind. And in this in this show, just like just about every other movie or other show, they're going to be the first people to land on Mars. And you know, like there's husband, there's a husband with a health issue, there's a daughter with a you know other issues and so all these actions yeah, it it, so i get the right it writes itself there because it's like you're gonna you got the built-in distance and we're thinking about it it's permanent on the american and the world's mindsets now that we have ufos and yeah but i i think of course i i think there's got to be some sort of investigation going on with these actors because hillary swank never ages <laughs> keanu reeves is just starting to age i mean who else paul rudd never ages I mean, Morgan Freeman is probably 80 and he still looks as old as he did. You don't think that's Shawshank. internal peace and money? You don't think that's like when you, when you, when you have, when your answers, when your dreams are answered, you get a certain sense of inner peace. Just like you, when you said, I wanted to live, you know, work where I live because that family gives you that inner peace. Well, that's your joy right there. Right. Yeah. And if you keep growing on that joy, eventually you get to this point where you just walk around happy and then, and the glow that comes out of your skin, yeah. it's just like, that's why a pregnant woman looks amazing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. that 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 life destiny fulfillment is uh really good for the skin. That's a good point. All right. You know, people since I've been happy, like now that I wasn't happy prior, be like, oh, what what's 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 up with your what are you doing with your fate? What's like they just can't understand. It's like, oh, I'm just happy, dude. Like, just don't worry yeah. about it. Like, I'm just happy. They like, oh, you look younger. Like, yeah, I'm just happy. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. Yeah. What's uh what's next on the agenda for Joey Malinsky? 
Um, well, I just got finished a big, big web series project that took me a while, right? So right now I'm doing these simple things that, that can complete my satisfaction in, in creative. But the next get is what is my next big project? And I have two decent ideas that I want to pursue, but I'm on the early stages of them. Um, I have to figure out what the heck's happening with where I'm living and I'm, what happening in this current election. I don't want to get into politics, but like, you know, what I'm saying I, that needs to solidify prior before me making a decision on what my next business step will be, because that's going to determine my wife's from California, born in Mexico, family lives in California in that area. And do I raise a family there? Do I raise a family here? And that kind of deal. So that's a big one, um, which would dictate the business. The business is good. And I could continue to grow it and get there, but I'm not a manager. I am a video production person and I can do that well. And that will get me far enough, if, even if I wanted to work by myself, but hopefully I have a small team and pay them a decent living kind of thing. So that, I mean, that growth is dependent on, to me, on the, on the market and on whether or not there is going to be one. People need video. Video is not going anywhere, even if it's virtual, like you said, or live streaming or whatever. But so my goal is to solidify a steady income enough to where the, anybody would buy, give me a house in the current, you know, time frame, and then step up and do that next creative project, uh, which is, which is either going to be a game show and a feature film or yeah, feature film and game show. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I've been spending most of this time writing, outlining, prepping, shot listing, re-editing budgets, re-editing shot lists, uh, mm -hmm. And I don't want to like take all this time to like re-edit a script and re-edit it and re-edit it and re-edit it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like trying to spread what time out and, and not get too much, not get too much inside my head as far as, you know, projects and prep goes and trying to, you know, foresee, okay, what's the new normal, which I, which I was going to ask you about, but mm -hmm. trying to, trying to foresee, what the new normal might be and i then... think you already hit it on it it's it's the it's the virtual stuff i mean you, that's where the new normal is going and and that's we got a year and a half of that you yeah. know what i'm saying so there's a year and a half of that front line to me i decided i don't like that that's not where my talents lie i'm a i'm a narrative editor pace editor yeah. cutting together live action i mean uh, cutting together live streams and stuff like that like if i if that was my job specifically that's not where my i don't have the technology talent so i would be just subletting out everything so i've been trying to avoid i'm still trying to just like we have a big contract doing you know like um trying to get millennials into a certain field so we're doing like jazzy edits and that that fits more down my pipeline if the world only becomes virtual stuff then i probably sell houses or something <laughs> well you know going back to what you mentioned about palm springs and uncut gems and you know these independents that are you know especially palm springs where they found they found a way to make a feature film a hilarious feature film you know chock full of funny moments great characters and it's all one location one location four yeah. four different sets four different settings at the location you got yeah. you had two different hotel rooms the wedding the reception the pool yep and then maybe a couple of small little pockets like they were driving and then out down the, the road out, and, out in the woods yeah yeah very small little that, other ones yeah in that case you know yep. like one one day's at that uh at uh jk simmons's uh, yep. house you know yep, yep. And, and um you probably have jk for three days on the whole shoot right if exactly that. if that and 
so you know years even years prior to the to the quarantine i was always trying to look at these production hacks and try to figure out okay i can tell the same story but you know if i want to do a, and i have a number of different web series that kind of take an opposite approach you know if something's if something's based on superheroes going to do it in like a documentary form but if something's mm -hmm. more his, if something's historical or if something's more set in the real world then take a comic book or a cartoon animated kind mm -hmm. of turn to it production wise plot wise and, sure. and but but then doing all these different workarounds to save money save time save budget uh minimal cast minimal crew even before quarantine because you know, a lot of a lot of my passion projects, you know, we just don't have the budget, we don't have the time. We're I'm gigging it. I'm on different sets, act in front or behind the camera, like to to pay the bills, you know, feed yeah, the yeah, yeah. to to feed the family. And a lot of my other colleagues are the same way. They've got same clients way. and and shows and 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 things of that nature. And it's like, all right, come over one day. I got a totally different setup. And some of them were like, are these production? Are these even production professional lights? I'm like, no, dude, they're five bucks a pop at Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You throw a soft, you throw a soft little, um, you know, burn proof sheet yeah. over it, and that's a scrim, and it's all soft, soft yeah. production lighting, you know. Yeah, to me, I'm a land. I come from the land of uh, let's tell a story, and then the people behind me ways like slow me down. Like, you know, you have a good DP, and he needs all this stuff. Like, I have a production company, so we have a lot of gear, but like. I'm always trying to be like, I don't want to use any of that. Can we just go fast? And like now the cameras are getting to the point where they look better with less. You can let you can light with one light. Um, I was lucky enough to be a director's assistant for Wally Fister where he shot with a commercial. I think he used one light one time. He had a whole truckload of lights. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? But he was like, that's not what his goal was. His goal was to make it look like what it looks like, but shoot it freaking masterfully. And he did. It looked great. Um, not that I'm anywhere near that. I'm not even a cinematographer or nothing like that. I, I, I can barely get by, I can get by and look professional, but that's not where my talent lies. To me, I'm, let's, let's just tell a good story because a story, even on an iPhone, will get you there. If you connect with somebody, you got to connect. I think people are, and I've been, I, I grew up in the same school that you did where like, you know, Reservoir Dogs was one of my jams. So you're like, okay, we got to, just the warehouse is 90% of this movie. And I, and then exactly. you heard that story. So we're like, that's what I want to do. And I, and, you know, spend the money on that car chase and, you know, but, and I get that and I'm all for that. And that's why I did like Palm Springs because it's something, and that was one of my reasons is because it was makeable, you know, and I, I think yeah. that was smart production because you, you know, people are like Zack Snyder that has the biggest budget, but I can't relate to any character in the damn thing. Like, I don't care. I'm sitting there like, yeah, it looks pretty, but who gives a shit? Yeah. Even if it's like, obviously I wouldn't be able to do that. And that's really, really, really talented filmmaking. But if I don't care, then I don't care. So right. like Avengers did, they did both, you know, and there's, you know, a lot of movies that do both Joker and all those where you can get like a connection to the character and stuff. Yeah. I mean like Joker, Joker was done so well, like that's, that could actually be done on a very indie. I mean, obviously it wasn't, but that could have yeah. been done on a very indie level. Yeah. If the stakes weren't as high and, Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, like, Netflix found a way to do Daredevil and Punisher. These are the human, these are the human non-powered superhero yeah. or su super anti-heroes of the Marvel Universe. And they did it so gritty and, you know, ind almost independently, maybe. And, and Yeah, definitely not as big a budget as a movie. Yeah, and I I'm sure the whole, I'm sure all of season one of the Punisher was, like, only a tenth of what one Avengers movie was. Oh, yeah, but, easy. 
easy. But but it know. still looks like it, 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 it didn't go to the, like even Daredevil and all that never made it to the quality of the film. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't CW quality. We weren't there, but we weren't at film. We weren't at like a film film. We were still in TV land sure. with those, which, you know, is just really good TV. And TV has gotten to the point where that little bit of production value that like, you know, that cinema, cinema level of it doesn't, people don't care. And some people don't even see it. And some people hate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, oh, these blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't necessarily attract more people. It, I think it is a better art form, but it's like, are you cre- who are you creating art for at that point? Right. Nah, I mean, it was, it, it was interesting to me, but see, I'm one of those guys that actually enjoys this whole massive Marvel, cin- Marvel Cinematic Universe, where, you where, you know, Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 still ties into Thor and Captain America, and then they have this, you know, catalyst film on top of that and then more films which all lead into this master film mm-hmm. because yeah agree as, as opposed to 17 different joker movies or 17 different movies that involve the joker and you're just thinking to yourself why do i care about any of these jokers if none of the backstories are matching uh-huh. And I, yeah. and I, that's and, problem because they're original content they're intellectual property and dc sucks compared to marvel because yeah. the DC land has Batman is its only guy, to be honest with you. You're like, and and it, but the thing with Batman, Batman's story is better than most, if yes. not all, of Marvel. Yeah. So it's like that storyline is so relatable to everybody because it's a man, and like and the darkness, like that, like that level is like the new one with Robert Patterson looks badass dude like the level of darkness that we know batman's at we can see that in that and you can't go there with iron man iron man doesn't get to do that mm-hmm. spider-man doesn't get to do that like cable maybe like there's some people in that land punisher definitely because that's his land but then you're also like putting a little on top of it and i don't think marvel would marvel would now because of jokers paving the way and the, and the dc paving the way for it but before they couldn't you couldn't crush a skull to the point where it's actually brutally beating down somebody with actual real violence because that's that's, what Batman you can. And, and, and that's, and that's the trick Fox pulled with Deadpool because they had that whole X-Men in there and they were like, okay, we're going to take a risk here. Mm -hmm. Hard R. Yeah. Hard R. Superhero X, X X-Men, X-Men universe movie. Hard R. And we love Deadpool. Like, and we already loved Deadpool as a a fan made. Yeah. Deadpool done right is the hard R Deadpool. Yeah. And, And on top of that, they're marketing for it. And I, and I mentioned this a couple of times on the show before they marketed it as a rom-com. They released <laughs> it on Valentine's day. They, yeah. on the posters, they said a love story because technically it was. Oh yeah. Well, they had, they, they marketed it like 19 different ways. They were genius about their marketing. Yeah. And I mean, technically it was a love story. He was, everything he was doing was to like rescue his, his girlfriend. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's just like, I remember, I remember seeing that and it was just like over the top, you know, like when he smashed up his own, own body trying to beat up Colossus and, mm-hmm. and all those and all those other things, man. It was just and then I think Deadpool 2 cl- so close to killing killing an infant Hitler, man. And yeah. You know, like all these just really getting there, really getting there. But And Deadpool did Deadpool did two did good in terms of what it was, but I think they missed with the timing of it because it was like almost too soon for us to like grab it. 
like we were because we were at that point we were on a superman like a superhero ride right deadpool almost kicking not kicking off that ride because obviously avengers blasted it but like that deadpool was like a, such a jolt and then they released one right after it like black panther came out and it's just like we're on this ride and then deadpool 2 landed in a spot where we were like it wasn't that attraction even though that i think the movie held up good and it made a lot of money but it was like if i think if they waited like four more months they would have landed there are so many soft spots in yeah. that zone that i think it would have been a little bit more appreciated but i, I definitely uh, enjoyed that film so I just, I finally remembered the film and I think you'd appreciate this film. Ultra, ultra independent sci-fi horror, or maybe not horror, sci-fi thriller called, okay. co called Coherence and it's on Hulu. And so basically there's a comet going over and there's mm. a, di and these, and about eight people are having a dinner party mm -hmm. and uh, spoiler alert, they find themselves caught in like this, uh, quantum flux okay right have you ever seen primer mm, time no. trout no it, it reminds seen, no so it reminds me of primer so primer is another another one it's a time travel movie and it only takes place at a house and a warehouse mm -hmm. and it's one of the it's such a genius way of pulling off a time travel movie and then coherence finds such a unique and there's a lot of people in it Mm -hmm. There's about eight characters in it at this dinner party, but it's all about being caught in like this quantum flux of reality and dimensions and universes and things like that. I don't want to cool. spoil. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's definitely another one of those top independent films that people find, in, and I always call it a, produ a production hack. You know, yeah, it's like this. I, it's I like, get that. Yeah, and and it definitely stood out for me as like, all right, I'm I'm coming up with some ideas on like how to yeah, pull off. Pull off some cool, cool ideas. What's what's your what's your new what's your view of the new normal, dude? Um, new normal. Like I'm, like I said, like, are we there yet? Are we at a new normal? I mean, it's it's. I, like I said, I've learned a lot of stuff. I think we need mental health out the wazoo. I think that needs to be brought to the forefront as equal to physical health. I think I'm a I guess a socialist, if you want to call it, but I'm a universal healthcare person to the point where, like, I think it should be a basic right because it matters to the health of our country. And I think mental health needs to be put onto that because a lot of drug use is done because of it. I think drug use has, I'm in from in Baltimore City, and uh, the drug use increase in this city has been insane. And the ability for it to be open, rampant, and unmitigated is uh, unfortunate. And I think uh, the new normal of this. You know, we don't know what's happening at this particular point, and the and the misinformation campaigns that are on the internet for both fun and propaganda and forced, you know, forced is working and effective. And I think we need to come together as a one to become healed in the point of this is going to be tough. Yeah, I what I've noticed in the last year, maybe two years, is that there's just too much selfishness Tons. and people have lost sight that you know that selfishness is going to come back around that selfishness it's just gonna it's not building this country and any it's not improving this country you know and i don't mind i don't i mean i don't mind getting a little political but sure 
Like this whole. I just don't know where you stand. So I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to. I'm, I mean, I'm, take, I'm Democrat. Take over, so. take over your, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. And you can. I don't consider myself a uh, anything. I'm an independent thinker. Like it depends mm-hmm. on like I do line up with mostly Democrats um, on a lot of the pro- issues. But to me, we're in a stable where I don't. I think. I think the media of an older generation not understanding how media works is how old are you? I'm forty. 40. Yeah. You're right at that clip. Like meaning like you have the, you were, you're lucky that you know exactly what you know of how to use the internet. I would say most of your companions and friends do not at your age. Right. My brother's 42. His, you're, you're like right under, you're right on the board. Yeah. I'm, I'm 37. So like, I would say I, I had 25% of my people don't know the internet well enough. And I, and I would, and my brother, he's his, I find his generation is a, is way more than that. So you're like in the middle. I don't know about 40. So like, a, but you're like right on that cusp because you got yeah. internet at the right age. You could still, you probably had it in college. You, you know, you yep. went through the check part of it there. And I imagine you were into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you never lost it. And so your friends might not have lost it. But I'm just saying like, um, that's close to being like 46. They have a totally different experience. So they're getting this barrage of information that they don't process well. Right. I mean, and I'm not talking about the 60 year olds who have like, little chance in my opinion like the email, the email <laughs> yeah. that comes to them that is getting directed that is a trap email there and how much how many percentages of it is a trap email most of it and it's very like you can explain it to them a million times they're still not going to get it because you have to be able to identify right and there's times where i've been tricked with lunch because it's like um you know if you're working with somebody that you work like me and you right that would be a that's a moment of weakness between us because we've had limited contacts so, and they can, they're monitoring what we're, we're doing if you're a hacker, right? If you're in that zone or if you're manipulating information. So you would be the, this interaction would be the one you target. Cause I would be like, Hey man, sorry, the, I need to send you a late new zoom link. Please click on it. Cause we're going to go live. And all that needed to get was my Google calendar to do that. And I would have clicked that without any question. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I, that's my, that's my connection. It's one line. And there's just too many of those to, to stop, but Right. I do no. have faith in us. I think we made a turn. I think this tape, the tape of him saying things that he can't say on, you know, about, think about Trump saying, you know, he knew it was airborne in January, at the end of January or early February. Is so he, he even, he it's even so admitted, damning. he even admitted that he underplayed it. Yeah. Because he so didn't, want, he didn't want to cause a panic. But at the same time, and okay, so let me backtrack here. So I'm just saying I, that, that is going to heal us because there's, right. we hear it from him. All the other news wouldn't be worth it. It doesn't matter. It's somebody else saying it. We heard it from him. So, you know, for, for the past for the past almost 10 years, I've, I've been in the D.C. Army National Guard. So I was always mm-hmm. careful about what I said about the boss. Mm-hmm. But, but ever since he said what he said about our fallen comrades and, mm-hmm. the, and, and, those, and those, who, those who died, you know, serving for, for – It's heartbreaking. For him, to sit on, for him to sit on what he considers a throne, you know, yeah. I, I think it's shameful – but, but I don't know anybody's ever said like even if you don't agree with what the military does I don't have I've never heard anybody say anything about them being not the bravest men because we can't put our we did not put ourselves in that situation I've never heard it personally in my area I've heard racist stuff I've actually never heard that so it's pretty mind blowing I I just never heard anybody with the gall to say mm-hmm. you know oh they're they're chumps and suckers and losers like you guys like you know my wife was like, I, I'm not a fan of the military because 
I don't think we should be in wars. And then we have this back and forth, like, well, no yeah. shit. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, no, military yeah. don't. Uh, so, so <laughs> I, I want to be, I'm going to be very careful about how I phrase this, but most soldiers, I think don't want to go out and kill people. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? But yeah. they're, but they're willing to serve their country and in, in, in what fashion needs to be done to guarantee, you know, freedoms and, 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 and peace worldwide. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there are some activities and duties, you know, there's some actions that need to be taken that yeah. suck. That suck. I, I don't want to like be in some crazy situations, but I knew what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, but it's and you're like, hoping that the calls, and I've talked to a lot of military just because I'm very interested in it. And I always ask them about their experience and listen. And a lot, I would say, I don't, very few of, of them have said that they weren't there for a reason and it wasn't needed. Like I, most of them said, like it we were, it was good. Like we needed to be there, like yeah. in there. And like, I didn't see, like there was, you know, they would, they would, yeah, they would, they were pretty much down the line on that. And I don't know if that's something that they wouldn't want to tell me, but like they said, they did some, some people did some, you know, there's a couple knuckleheads that I don't even consider like, I wasn't even there's always one that was bragging about stuff that was that but i don't consider him his his iq at a level that he was he was signing up for the military and a different reason for you know what i'm saying and that that one's the don't care but the rest of them very did you know this is what we need to be doing yeah and and i i've dealt with like some retirees and some formers that would you know boast or you know talk trash about like oh you know i did this 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 yeah. and they're really and they're really just throwing extra icing on the cake that dude you really yeah that's not really a and hopefully he only tells it to you because well, you guys been through that right or even though i'm saying like you like i, I mean think of, I imagine the brotherhood that'd be a little bit different than what they're talking to me about well look i only had one deployment and we mm -hmm. ran and we ran and we ran a jail for other u.s military that screwed up okay and so my career is in military police corrections. Mm -hmm. And so we're either going to deal with, you know, the bad, the bad, yeah, the, you're in the, the, <laughs> the, the terror, the terrorists that we have captured, or we're dealing with our dumbasses, or we're dealing, or we're running jails. Like we, we house our own soldiers that screw up. Yeah. And so, and so we, and so we handle them. So listen, my first deployment was kind of smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. We were, we were, in, we were in Kuwait and it's not, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. that's not a combat zone. But mm -hmm. still, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like nine months away from home, nowhere mm -hmm. to nowhere to go. It's too complicated to get off base, so you're just chilling in your barracks or the, or the gym, and it start getting cabin fever, and you're away from home and yeah. away away from loved ones. But it's, but I can tell when I hear other people talking about their deployments or what they consider their deployments, and it's, you know, some some yes, some no, but yeah. You 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 got a couple of knuckleheads that think they did did more than that, that try to pass off like they did more than they did and and you kind of have to you know have a sharp ear to kind of pick that pick those out but I mean for someone that you know there's all the, the the different sides say you know Trump is a five time draft dodger I mean I honestly I haven't done my research I haven't done my own investigation on Trump. And I'm I'm not gonna bother to, but no. What from what I understand, draft dodger or not, he didn't serve. I know yeah, that. he didn't serve. And so it's like just to say something like that is just. He also said he knows more than the generals. Like, what are you talking about? You don't read. <laughs> so like, you don't read the briefings. You don't know no more than the generals. Like, you can't like if somebody said that. It's like he said he can edit better than me. It's like, did you spend 10, 15 years editing? Like, 
No, because like you might think you know how to like, oh, you need to put this here, but that's not actually doing it. And you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right. You can't say you, you can't say you know anything about something you've never done, period. And, and so what bothered me, he said, you know, it was dogging, apparently it was dogging top brass about, you know, doing this and starting, starting, starting this and starting that mm-hmm. in order to make, in order to make profits off a of military industrial complex. Well, he's calling out National Guard especially yeah. especially in dc you know to like block off the street so he can walk down the street unharmed yeah. you know and look like and look like a tough guy and it's just yeah that was uh um, I'm, I'm, I'm just you know like i was trying to really trying to be quiet for the, for the longest time because i'm serving because he's the yeah. boss unfortunately but, okay yeah but it's That's like okay think- now well now you said that now you said that shit uh, okay i'm not gonna be as quiet i'm still not gonna like yeah you can yeah i would i mean that's what i'm saying but we're in the point where you might have to tamper it down you know what i'm saying and that's not cool right. either not that you because what happens is you're supposed to respect it in general where it wouldn't matter but now that there's no there's no two sides to that coin you, there's no obligation but the fact that there's no obligation means that, that but he is the person that would seek that out and that's the that's the worst kind of leader in my opinion that's what i'm saying if he gets reelected I think it's an IQ test on our country and our, what our values are, and, and they wouldn't align with mine at that particular moment. So I would then have to decide where I want to live. Right. California is very um, progressive in terms of, like, I don't buy in all the things I do, but I lived out there for a while. And I know what, you know, my wife's Mexican. My parents somehow, uh, my, my child is also, would be then Mexican, you know what I'm saying? And it, like, um, the building of the wall was just disrespectful. And I, I would call from the border my wife from families from a border town and be like, this is, they're inaccurately uh, reporting about this. Can can you believe me? And they won't, you know Listen. what I'm saying? So it's like, so that machine is, is powerful. And also like, what do we, like they're fleeing their country for betterment of little kids. Like, what are we doing here? The drugs are coming in, yes. But the drugs are right down my street. Like I can, you want, I can find drugs in six minutes. So what are you talking about? But how, you know, half the Trump's, you know, half of these, racist redneck you know hillbillies that are supporting trump are making meth in their basement oh i know <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is uh, Listen, i never even thought about that i never you know, thought about the amount of drugs that they actually do because they oh my god they're totally the demographic for the drugs right that drug yeah and, and uh, drugs in general like well, all the time and, and and at this point you'd have to be if you're still you know a trump supporter you'd have to be a meth head that's so, true maybe I, not I'm hoping that the percentage think, is like 37% of the country and it's a pretty big landslide. And then I would have some faith again, but I don't know. But listen, I don't have a, I don't have an issue with having very strict, concise immigration policies. Me neither. But it's just the way you pass it off and it's the way you present it. And it's the way, and it's who you're, it's your, he's a cat caller. He's yeah. a, what, what is it? Is it cat calling? Is it whistleblower? Is it, no, no, he's like dog whistle. Dog whistle. Dog whistle. Yeah. That's what. So he's a dog whistler, yeah. and he's reaching out to one group and telling them one thing, and he's reaching out to another group, telling them t- something totally different. He could give two shits. He wants votes. He wants. Yeah. He wants support from all sides, but he's not. But he's not presenting them all with the same story to get that. But it's yeah, like I mean, absolutely- it's just cheap propaganda at this point. Yeah, cheap propaganda, absolutely. But it's effective. I mean, I come from advertising in the world of branding, mm-hmm. where I'm sometimes where I ask, how do you want me to, for this person to react? How do you want me to, because I can, you can manipulate images and video to make them do stuff. People, enough times there's just 
statistics. You show somebody something enough times, it will work in a way if you do it X way. Now, it burns your heart sometimes if, you do, if you're doing it for wrong reasons, and I don't do that very often. But that is something. We can study human psychology to know how groups of people, especially groups of people, react to a thing. That's why they field test. That's why they A-B test it, because they have theories. They prove the theories. They push the content. And they push it at a volume that equals the numbers. I mean, it's just, at that point, it becomes math, and it becomes, so, yeah, I mean, there's, you can't, that's what I'm saying. You can't stop the flood. I, I, I can't stop it. My mom will call me and say, you know, the worst things in the world are happening. And I'm like, mom, I can tell you how this is fake, but I can't tell you how the next thing is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and to you'll get 25 of them a day. And, and to touch upon that, where you were saying like the older generation is technically is struggles with technology. And I've been saying this to my, you know, I've been saying this to family, like older family, mm-hmm. uh, which, which, lead, which leads to the phrase progressive. Like I've always, I've always thought of myself as a progressive mm-hmm. thinking outside the box um what else uh you know like i have an american flag here but I, i'm a liberal patriot mm-hmm. so when people see this they're like oh are you a trump supporter i'm like uh, no i'm not a republican you know yeah. but, but, but i'm for the flag i love the flag i have a flag in front of my house but i'm i'm a vet i'm a service member mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a patriot but i'm a progressive and a liberal mm-hmm. as well so, you know, to, to agree with you upon certain points, I'm kind of an independent, you know, middle, but more, but more progressive, way more progressive liberal. And, you know, like I would butt heads with a lot of older folks, like, you know, progressives, who cares how somebody wants to be identified? Who cares yeah, about gender this and race that? Why does that bother you? I'm like, listen, uh, let me see your phone. I'm not a progressive. Well, let me see your phone. Oh, this is an Android. You can't have this. You have to have a rotary phone with an answering machine (laughs) with an audio cassette and you have to go home to check your voicemails. You have to go home to use your phone. Yeah. Because progressives invented this, by the way. Yeah. And you're using it. And so if, and and I had someone, another person, but my head, butt heads with me, I'm a Trump supporter because I'm a capitalist. I'm like, if you're a capitalist, you might want to be a progressive because all this shit that's coming out is invented by progressives, the cell phone, uh, Zoom, all the shit that you're going to be using in a year or two. And if you're you're a capitalist, yeah, I agree with that. a, A proper capitalist would be a progressive as well and invest in progressive ideas, thinking outside the box, acceptance of new ideas. Yeah, I would say a venture capitalist, definitely. A capitalist itself, once you have money, the Republican side helps you protect that money a lot more than the, than, than, than the progressive side due to tax loopholes and, and, and how you shuffle around your money. But once I found that out, how, how wage is labored, how wage is taxed versus, you know, you know, obviously the biggest example is like Jeff Bezos pays no, Amazon pays no taxes because of the way that the corporate tax structure set up and how you can move money around with without taking a salary he, he doesn't take a salary he doesn't have any money nobody pays him anything and he still makes shit tons of money because it's structured that way and, that, and that's been held up by both sides but also i would you know capitalistic conservative side has they're the one that take the take the money more often to keep that going i'm not against it though that's the thing um I think the highest of the high should definitely be taxed heavy because they're not taxed at all. My thing is, I don't think you should be taxed. I think, I think it should be even throughout. And then once it gets to a point, I think it should, I think it should have to be trickled down. I don't think, I don't think during a um, economic crash like it is, 
Bezos should make 200 billion, be at worth 200 billion, increase it, what he's done, because we are reliant upon his systems that, you know, we, I would hit him for everything you can, because I would say your negative, your negative cost to the environment has put our country at X amount of money. You know, like there's a negative cost to your business. In a capitalist nation without the regulation, there's a very limited amount of penalties. But in this situation where our country is hurting, you don't get to do that, in my opinion, because like your wealth can't grow that much because there's no need for it to grow that much. Mm-hmm. Now, if, now, I don't think we should shut your business down or hinder your growth of your business at all by, by um, like, you know, putting regulations that would just to hinder growth. But I do think the amount of capitalism at that particular moment, especially at this particular moment, because you, he went from, he got, he's now worth 200 billion. The, the, the line went just because after, after the divorce. It. Oh, I don't know. But I don't know how much she got, but I imagine she's sitting pretty, but yeah. the current status 200 billion. Okay. So that's probably just him now. I'm, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> right. If that's, if that's post-divorce. Yeah. Cause I think he got divorced too three years ago and yeah, this then, is mainly and then, i mean he his wealth grew exponentially during this quarantine during because, the quarantine yeah i mean i i use amazon products all the time i love it yeah i think there's a box out front out our front stoop like every other day yeah that makes every sense. other day especially because we have a newborn so yeah. there's a there's a box out front every other day yeah and, and i'm not against it that's what i'm saying i think it's a good i think he did it he's he made it smart i yeah. like it we all like it but I, I think there's just something wrong if some, so let's say someone's worth 200 billion. What's wrong with taking $50 billion Nothing. and pumping it into something? I'm not just, I'm not saying just like put it back into the U.S. government's pocket or, or be, mm-hmm. because I know we're in a deficit. Yeah, we're in a or, deficit. And, I and know we're that, horrible at spending money. And we're horrible, true. But what, you know, why would not, why would not someone that has $200 billion, $300 billion, billions, yeah. mind you, and just be like, hey, here's, here's 50 billion. Let's fix yeah. something. Well, that's what I'm saying. I thought, I thought Trump had a, I thought, here's what I thought Trump was going to do when he got in. Because he said, let's make America great. And he started talking about infrastructure when he, when he, was, when he was running. I would have done all the easy ones first. I would have got us the best internet grid in the in the world. I would have saved all our water. Had the, we would have the best clean water in the whole world. And I would say that stupid shit. Like, we're going to have the best internet in the world. We'll have the best water in the world. Our, our grid system's going to be the best in the world. Now get it done, people. And like, nobody would have been mad at them. Spend all the freaking money you want on that crap. We wouldn't have cared. And we would have, we would have rallied behind it. Because we need all that. And we're actually way behind on all that. So, and even if we're not the best in the world, we could think we're the best in the world. That's fine too. You know what I'm saying? In areas that benefit everybody, but we didn't do that. We gutted, we ran pipelines, we gutted regulations. I'm on the Chesapeake Bay. We cut, we, our crabbing population has been getting better and better. I grew up on the water across the bridge productions is my company because I used to have to go across the bridge to get to anywhere. I grew up on Ken Island and uh, cut all my, <laughs> cut all my funding that was helping the Bay, polluted it again. Like that's, we're going to lose, lose, you know, 20 years of recovery in in eight years and in four years you know in eight years if it's if it's worst case scenario but in four years it's been they lost all their funding and then now they have to like privately beg for everything you know what i'm saying and it's like we shouldn't be doing that we shouldn't have got rid of land he shouldn't be drilling on public land like there's no point i just don't yeah. understand why he didn't do stuff that we all could be like the space force could have been even badass instead of like kind of what you know <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I clearly they kicked off Space Force more with the show than they did in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, I know. But um, DOD, I mean, like, I think it's added on to the end of the Navy Federal commercial now. It's like DOD and Space Force families. 
Right, because Musk is uh, Musk is running SpaceX, right? Yeah, which is cool. We all behind that. Yeah, but that's him. Yeah, that's not, him. Yeah, that's that's not Trump. That's not the government. That's like mm-hmm. private. Yeah, it's awesome, and, and everybody and, loves it. And wasn't NASA shut down? Like, did they restart NASA? Did they? Did they? Well, they made them code probably. Uh, Sam, I don't know, hundred percent. So I'm don't quote me, but it sounded like they're like had to partner with people now. It's like there's a NASA branch, but the funding got cut, so they have to partner up with people SpaceX. like SpaceX. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of lame. Yeah, I know, because like I remember growing up, and it was like NASA, NASA, NASA. And it was yeah, like, and, and and how much, how cool was NASA? Like that wasn't a like if you if you're if somebody said I'm going to try to be a NASA NASA astronaut, you'd be like, that's pretty cool, man. Like. I want to do, I can't do that, but I want to do that. Nobody, no one said NASA. If someone said, I'm, I'm going to grow up to be an astronaut, you mm-hmm. knew, you knew it would just be NASA. Yeah, NASA. Like no That's one said, no, no one said NASA astronaut. They're like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be an astronaut. Okay. And then, so, you know, you're going to be in a rocket ship with NASA on the side. That's just, that's yeah. like the organization. But now it's like, oh, I'm going to be a SpaceX, SpaceX na- astronaut yeah. or, or Space Force astronaut or a NASA uh, what was it? Uh, NASA co-hybrid with whatever the fuck. Yeah. Not. Now it's like a brand, right? NASA's just a fucking brand, like, like uh, MGM, Na- like, like the brand MGM came back as like, but MGM's owned by somebody else now. Yeah. Also, NASA like invented so much cool crap that we use yeah. every day that it's like, I don't mind pumping like we pump money into the military to the amount of X Y Z and. Even like I would have been for him backing out of all these countries, except for they didn't want us out of there on a lot of the back out, especially the Germany one, which I think strengthens Russia for no reason. When we have out, we had Germany's become a leader in the world, especially on green economy. And people have looking at Angela Merkel like a, like a leader. So I wouldn't want our, us to be go off that partnership. And I didn't understand us pulling out in that particular moment because there was no ask for it when we are, because you know, then it's kind of, kind of breaking down what we're doing as a whole giant military strategy in general. Like if we're going to be spending the money, I definitely want us in the allies that we actually can work side by side. If there's an actual threat from a person that I consider a, as a foe, like, I don't know. I didn't never understand our, I never understood our military moves currently, even, even though I never necessarily agreed with them prior, I didn't understand the middle East movement. Cause I just thought that was too complex of an issue for us to be over there. But being in Germany to hold back Russia, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. And that seems like the only place he pulled us out. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, because he pissed somebody off. And then, and, and they, so he pissed somebody off. Someone, someone, you know, said something back. And he's probably yeah. not used to that. Yeah, he's definitely not. And then he's like, okay, end, every, end everything. And then, because, you know, maybe before he was just as a businessman and as a, as a, as a as a brand, no one no one no one said him said boo to him unless uh, until he went bankrupt and then he was like okay let's shift gears blah 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 and then mm-hmm. no one said boo to him yeah and now people are like it doesn't work like that and he's like I don't care oh right. yeah I know all yeah, right he, all right dude well yeah. peace look at you now I mean it's just and now it's like you know admit let let's just admit everything to Bob Woodward yeah oh I know that's crazy like that's gonna help. <laughs> well he didn't know he's doing that he's not that he's not doing the two things his tone was totally different though i also feel like if we if he does get in again like if he wins again germany and all those places are holding their breath like the american people are holding their breath you know what i'm saying if he gets another four years they're not going to hold their breath any longer they know what they're in for for another and they they can then make play in action because you have to assume the first year they're just as confused as we are as a people 
what's happening in the country. And then they have to deal with a, a rotating circus of who they're actually dealing with. And then, then it's like, okay, well, let's just wait this out. But if they get another four years, they're, we're going to lose allies left and right because we've already pulled out of so many joint ventures that it seems like let's, they, why, why not serpent, why not serpent, what is that word? But not, why not serpent Yeah, serpent power because why not? Because we, nobody in the world trusts us, our, our lead currently. So why wouldn't they try to, not necessarily, they wouldn't attack us, but like leave us for our own. Well, Trump would say, "Why not supervent?" Because he's, he's. Oh, I know. Yeah. He thinks exactly. he's he thinks he's super, and he likes to vent. <laughs> so let's super let's supervent our powers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> um, Sorry, I didn't mean to go down that route. And that's fantastic. What I, are we I, making? What are we making? What are you making now? What do you? So what's this, what's your project? <laughs> uh, so I got to. I have two web series: uh, Rogues Gallery and Sinister Infinite. And like I was telling you, we, I took. Rogues Gallery is DC Universe and Sinister Infinite is Marvel Universe, but we produce them in the style of the, the, those, those, for lack of a better word, cheap crime shows on ID. Oh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, I, now, don't get me wrong. I love those crime shows. Yeah, yeah, been in them. I, I've, I've acted been, in them. I, yeah, I've acted <laughs> in them too. I've been a detective in maybe 30 different episodes of 30 different of those shows. Nice. When I say cheap, I should say like very low budget. I've been on some sets and I'm just blown away by the, by what they've done to like take one house and it's seven different locations, Mm -hmm. five different years, five different decades. And they shot it all in one house and maybe that backyard. And it's, Mm -hmm. so I learned a lot from these. So that's where I got the idea. Like do this web series. It's almost like origin stories of all these different villains, obscure villains. I mean, we're talking about like B and C level Mm -hmm. villains of DC and or and or Marvel and they're done in like the uh the crime show so you got like these you know experts clark mm-hmm. kent clark kent is your like a talking head mm-hmm. and and he's like you know since he was since he's a reporter at the daily planet in metropolis he knows all about these different villains and what they've done and uh and then there's you know your 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 dramatic reenactments which basically is you know some footage that we shot and you just if you blur it and you put like a like yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. like a like a like a bluish tint to it. It looks dramatic, and mm-hmm. and then um, and so third seasons where we we want to we're we're going to try to produce the best we can during COVID, produce the third seasons, and then again because of quarantine, I got nothing but editing time to mm-hmm. to chop them up, and uh, you know maybe some like I got a couple of other small little unique ideas of you know maybe uh, some short films that could work double as pitch pitch projects for something bigger mm-hmm. and we're going to try that you know i another another independent film i saw on on shutter is a horror movie called host and it's basically a demonic possession film all takes all takes place on zoom and they straight up use zoom zoom is yeah, shown yeah, everywhere yeah yeah. yeah yeah and uh you know a couple of cool little you know ideas that i got from that and and uh you know just the podcast you know just keep reaching out to awesome guests like yourself and try to try to get this podcast picked up that's uh if there's if there's one last point or bit of advice that you that you've got for our viewers what would that be i was this who are your viewers are they filmmakers they're about four people i don't know who they are 
like I'm, you know, and honestly, I'm still trying to, you know, build my audience. Sure. But uh, I mean, I generally probably, you know, other filmmakers, media professionals, if not just YouTube fans. Yeah, I mean, I would say always find your truth, find that truth, do that truth. If you're in video, I the way I hire and fire, or way I hire definitely hires. You gotta make videos, man. If uh, if you if I see I check your page and you've had one video, it's like well, you don't have an iPhone, you don't have a you like you can make a video. I can make a video in 20 minutes from right now, like you know I probably will. You know what I'm saying? So if I don't see you have video, make videos. Just make them. Just do it. Um, you learn more in film school by doing a film than doing than film school. You know what I'm saying? So obviously learn as many sets as you can go on, but like you know you you were on those sets for the TV shows, and then you're like okay these are. I mean, from what I've learned, they're like $100,000 budgets for the whole sh episode, which is not a lot. But so it means they're really low budget in terms of actual film production. And but because um, they're spending on video and post and all like a music licensing and all that crap. Um, but they're shot with four man crews sometimes, five man crews sometimes. Um, props, they, they're constantly the day of, right? Call the night before I need three people in the set still the day before, you know what I'm saying? So they're not, they don't have long production, pre-production land. They're not, they're fast turnarounds and they get that crap done, but they are, you know, very watchable stuff too. Like that, that dominates the land. So I would just say, keep work. I just, you know, find your truth, make stuff, make shit. I love it, man. Well, I can't thank you enough, Joey. Any links, socials, plugs you want to put out there? Joey Malinsky on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I'm on YouTube too, but uh, Joey Malinsky. Um, TikTok. Dude, that's the... <laughs> fuck you, Trump. But no, TikTok. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My wife, my wife got addicted to TikTok so bad she had to delete it. She yeah, was making, addicting, dude. She was making fun of me for a while, and then she got addicted. Yeah. And then she was showing me a bunch of TikToks, and then she had to delete it. Yeah. yeah it'll get to the point of deletion, but luckily that's what I want to do. So it's like, it's fun. Yeah. Joey, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, learned a lot. Great conversation. Uh, I think this was the most political I got, but, um, Sorry, dude. <laughs> but no, that's great. You're lucky. You, you, you're my first guest, I think, since, uh, he said that shit. So I was ready. Yeah. yeah there you go. I know that's a bad I, I was, one. I was ready. Well, uh, Joey, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on to my viewers. Uh, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know my guest has, and you know what to do. Check us out next time. Thanks.